0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Understand the Bible podcast. We're looking at a well-known story today. It's the story of Daniel chapter 3, where Nebuchadnezzar throws Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego into the fiery furnace. Uh, Today, we're thinking about what we can learn about empires, about how they work, about how we can resist the empire. Just to let you know once again that uh, i really do appreciate all of your support um, if you'd like to support understand the bible in a financial way there is a patreon page available and you can find the link for that in the description below And there is also more content available on YouTube. And um, I'm doing a course at the moment on the Apostles Creed, which you might be interested in. And uh, currently we're working through what it means for Christ to be um, the Son of God and human as well. So that's on the YouTube channel, all the links down below. So thanks so much everyone for joining me. Hope that you enjoy and I'll see you again soon. So I think one of the uh, the problems with Daniel is it's often um, I, I expect most of us will have done this in Sunday school, or you know when we were children. It's one of these children's stories, which um, you know lots of children are taught, and you know Daniel and the, the fiery furnace. It's quite dramatic, and you know sometimes getting past that can be a bit of a challenge, I think, you know, coming back to, to something like this as an adult and, and seeing there's a lot more to it than um, than children are taught. But I think that's, that's one of the, the, the benefits of coming back and doing this, actually. Having been going through Daniel, I hope we're beginning to see that there's a lot more in Daniel than there actually um, we may have first thought. And we've been thinking about empires and, and kingdoms. And we've been thinking about how (laughs) empires operate, uh, how empires operate and how we respond. And that's what we're going to be doing, really. We're just thinking about what it is that empires and kingdoms, earthly empires and kingdoms do, and how we should respond to that as the people of God, as, uh, as Christians. So Nebuchadnezzar, the story begins with Nebuchadnezzar setting up an image of gold and um, commanding people to worship it now I always used to think when I was younger that this was an image of himself but the, the, the Bible doesn't say that it just says it's an image and in a sense it doesn't really matter what the image was it was just something which Nebuchadnezzar commanded them to worship and as we were going through that and this is actually one of the The benefits of having the passage read, the whole passage read, is the repetition. Did you notice that as we were reading through the repetition of, um, and actually uh, Dory mentioned this, the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials. That's repeated several times. And then also you've got the repetition of the instruments. So again, it it says, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music. It just doesn't say music. It it kind of spells it out. Now, what's going on there? I think what's happening is is this is how an empire does worship. It's very pompous. It's very focused on red tape, isn't it? This, to me, actually, is like um, the, the ancient world's version of Yes, Yes, Prime Minister. don't know if you've ever watched Yes, Prime Minister, it's, that's one of my favourite sort of comedy programmes. Um, but uh, it, it's a, pa- a parody. You know, it's just drawing attention to how absurd all of this is. You know, it's saying, all of you, all of you, um, you know, you officials, you satraps, prefects, governors, all, you know, make sure they're all there and the instruments, the instruments are all in place. No one believes it. No one believes that this image that Nebuchadnezzar set up is God. It's just, these are the motions that we go through. This is what we do. These are the motions that we go through. But there is the threat of punishment. There is the coercion, the threat of punishment. As they say, anyone, whoever does not fall down and worship, will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. That's also how empires operate. Yes, there's the red tape. But there's the punishment if you don't go along, uh, if you don't go along with it. And it is absurd. Now, there are at least nine references that I could find to Nebuchadnezzar setting up this image. It's it's almost as if the the author here, Daniel or whoever the author is here, is trying to draw attention to it. It's at at every point um, Nebuchadnezzar has set up the image it's the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up you can go through and count them later if you like or the image that Nebuchadnezzar has made it's completely artificial and you know this is the thing that everyone in Babylon all of the people who were there they knew that Nebuchadnezzar had set up made and set up this image they knew it they weren't really worshipping it was just the, the motion that they had to go through And and that's the thing with this. It's not about worship, it's about control. It's not about worship, it's about control. It's about who's in charge. That's what this is really about for Nebuchadnezzar. Last year, for the the first time in my life, I read um, George Orwell's novel, 1984. I don't know if um, that's one that you've ever read. Um, I think someone said to me when I was 18, you should read that. Um, you know, you should read it before, you, before you're 18. And um, it's, you know, took me quite a few years to get round to there um, to read it. But actually, it's, it's a very interesting book and it's worth reading, just thinking about how this kind of power structures work. But um, Winston, the, the main character, he works for um, what's called the Ministry of Truth. And in the Ministry of Truth, they have some slogans up. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They're trying to control what those words actually actually mean. And uh, the, at the end of the book, and I don't want to, to give too much away, but there's a battle. And uh, the person who's sort of interrogating uh, Winston tries to get him to accept 2 plus 2 equals 5. And it's not because 2 plus 2 does equal 5, but it's a, it's a power thing, it's control he knows that if he accepts it he will have power over him he will have one it's not about truth it's about power that's how empires work and that's that's why that particularly in this context they go for worship because worship is so fundamental to who we are as human beings if you control someone's worship you control them and and that's what's going on here um but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, well, they get, they get caught. Um, it says some astrologers, whoever, whoever they are, and they came forward and denounced the Jews, and they said, hey, these, these Jewish um, uh, people, and they were, remember, they were promoted in, um, in they were sort of officials as well. Um, they, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you had this decree. They are not worshipping. They're ignoring you and so um nebuchadnezzar he's furious with rage it says he's furious and um, he says if you're ready to fall down and worship the image which is verse 15 very good but if you do not worship it you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand then what god will be able to rescue you that's what uh, nebuchadnezzar says now Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego they were um, they were Hebrews they were Israelites they knew the Ten Commandments, but just think about the pressure on them at, at this point you know they had been told um, that they were um, if they didn't obey, they would be punished they've been told you know that obeying the law is generally a good thing, isn't it? You know, we want to be, we want to, you know, to fit in. And uh, they were facing a very angry king. You think it must've been an incredible pressure for them to to go uh, uh, with the path that they did. They, they must've been tempted, you know, to think, oh, you know, God needs people like us in Babylon. You know, God needs people in our position you know, let's just let's not rock the boat. Let's just, you know, we don't really have to worship. We could just pretend, cross our fingers or something, and it will be okay. But they don't do that. They know the commandments. They know the first commandment um, is to, to have no gods before God. And the second commandment is not to worship an idol. They know that this is a violation of those, those commandments. They know where the red line is and so they stand up and they say we will not bow down and worship your image they say we don't need to defend ourselves verse 17 if we're thrown into the blazing furnace the god we serve is able to deliver us from it and he's already proved that by what happened to to daniel um, we looked at a couple of weeks ago but and this is this is amazing Verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up, but even if not. And one of the, um, the commentaries I was reading about this said that the miracle happened there, even if they hadn't been delivered, the miracle was that these three men stood up against the might of of imperial Babylon at that time, all of the pressure that they were under, they stood up and said, no, we will not bow down. We will not worship. We will keep ourselves pure. That was the miracle. The but if not, a very significant thing. God can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're going, ob- obedience is more important. And so Nebuchadnezzar, he, he commands the furnace to be heated up Um, Does it say seven times hotter than usual? And uh, even it says um, it it was so hot. Uh, Verse twenty-two: the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So, what chance did they have? You know, it it was um, they were goners, absolute goners. But they're in the in the furnace, and as Nebuchadnezzar is looking, he he says, "Hold on a second! Didn't we didn't we throw three men in? Just to count, just to be sure. Why are there four in there? And the fourth one looks like a son of the gods," as he says. Who is the mysterious man who is in there with them? Well, we don't know. I mean, obviously, it's tempting just to go and say, "Well, it was Jesus," um, but the passage doesn't doesn't tell us who the identity of of the man was. Um, but he's there with them in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar says, come out, and they, and they do. And it says, in verse 27, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. The protection was absolutely complete. There was complete protection. And, um, you know, whenever I... Um, I've been on, for example, on bonfire night or, you know, over the summer, you're doing a barbecue. You you stink, don't you, even if it's not. You just have to be near a fire to smell of the fire. And they say even, you know, there was no smell of fire on them even. Not even a smell. You know, it's incredible. And Nebuchadnezzar, then he answers his own question. You know, he said, what God will be able to save you? And then he says in verse 29, um, anyone who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut to pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. So Nebuchadnezzar says it's actually it's uh, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego's God. He's the only God who can save. So Nebuchadnezzar comes to recognise and he's a, you think he, maybe he's a bit of a slow learner um, because of what happened with Daniel which we've already looked at. But um, that's by the by. This is, um, it, it takes time, doesn't it, very often. But what do we, if we go back to thinking about kingdoms and empires, is there anything that we can learn from this about what's happening at the moment, in our current situation and in the world at the moment? Well, I've got, um, I've got four things, four things briefly to, to mention. Uh, the first thing is that empires will demand our worship. And that is something which is always the case, that, you know, an empire gets together and they de- start to, to demand worship. And one of the things which, um, which sprang to mind, actually, is, um, you know, the, the um, MP, the former MP, Nigel Lawson, he once said that um, the closest thing the English have to a religion is the NHS. Now, you think about it, last year... The government closed the churches what happened that week Thursday nights were you out banging your saucepans a religious act of worship it's interesting isn't it how over the last year or so um, that has come to dominate our lives in a way that protect the NHS that's been the thing that has to be the thing which is protected and uh, you think is that um, is that actually becoming more than just uh, you know, the hospitals and the doctors and the nurses? Is it something more than that? And I'll leave that for you to think about. Or you might think about it this way. What is it that we're not allowed to question? What is it uh, in society that if you put your hand up and you say, actually, I'm not sure about this, that you won't be able to, to participate in public life? And we've thought about several examples of that. over over the last um, few months. And um, again, I'll let you think about some examples of that for yourself. We haven't got the time to go into all of that now. So the second thing is that regardless of what the empire demands, that we must obey God and not men. It's very, very easy. And I think this really struck me as I I was going through the passage just to, to excuse um, disobedience because of the the situation, and it, I just thought it would have been so easy for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to say, "Oh, let's be strategic, you know that God needs us. God needs pe- if if we if you know we get roasted, then um, you know who will be in who will be able to be in Babylon. You know God needs us here. He's put us here, so let's just go along. Let's not rock the boat. And I think not rocking the boat has been one of the biggest. Um, is one of the biggest causes of of sin actually that when people do not stand up and say actually i think this is wrong now christians are called to be boat rockers sometimes not all the time but sometimes the third thing is that uh, we will be punished for disobedience now this is um, fortunately in the, the western world then we don't have to deal with some of the we don't have to deal with furnaces, you know, at this stage. People are living in other parts of the world, and we, we hear about that regularly, don't we, do have to deal with potentially being killed for the sake of the gospel. But um, we don't have to deal with that here as yet. But there are still, um, there is still persecution which happens. Um, one of the high-profile examples that happened in the, the last few years is the Ashes Bakery in Northern Ireland. You know, they refused to bake a cake with the slogan on saying support gay marriage and they said well as, as Christians we do not believe You know, we believe marriage is between a man and a woman and so we, we won't support this political um, slogan and they were taken to court by the Equalities Commission in Northern Ireland and fortunately they appealed and it went to the High Court and they eventually won but it was a very tricky time for them it was a real sacrifice actually and um, That's the thing that, you know, this kind of thing is becoming more common. Are we ready for that? And the fourth thing is to trust that in the end, God will save us. One of the the lovely things, actually, this is um, Dale Ralph Davis said about this in his Bible Speaks Today, is that the fire will not stop the the Messiah and will not stop Jesus from getting to his people. Even the fire will not stop that. And I just thought, what a lovely thing. Do you remember a few years ago, we had our parish weekend at home? Um, some of you might not have been around then. But that was with um, Rod Thomas, with Bishop Rod Thomas. And I remember him preaching on this passage. And he says, God saves us. God doesn't save us from the fire, but he saves us through the fire. And I thought that was such a, um, a good phrase, a good way of putting it. But, you know, we shouldn't, be, uh, we shouldn't expect to be saved from the fire, but to be saved through it. And even if, as we know that does happen, and again, we look at other countries and see this, even if we know that in other countries, we, people, Christians lose their lives, we may face that sometimes, that actually God will save us in the end because of Jesus. Whether that happens in the here and now, and that, that happened to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, uh, it might happen to us too, but he will save us. And uh, those who believe and trust in God will be with him forever. Whereas those who, who do acts of, of wickedness, well, actually, it's the other way around, isn't it? They will end up in the fire. And that's the message of the Bible. So um, it's an encouragement to us, you know, that although we will have struggles dealing with, the principalities and powers in this world, that actually you know, we stay faithful to God, stay faithful to Jesus, obey his commandments. And, uh, and that's the encouragement for us, that we will be with him and be vindicated um, forever. So let's take a moment to pray um, as, we, uh, as we, we finish. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, uh, for this message of Daniel. We thank you for uh, the bravery and courage that you gave uh, to Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us as well to stay faithful to Jesus, to obey your commands, and to be faithful to you, whatever pressure they, there may be, uh, from the world to, to conform to, to this world. And please help us, Lord, not to um, fear Uh, fear the empire, fear whatever may happen, but to stay close to you and obey you every day. In Jesus' name. Amen.